Well, happy 200, my boy. Hey, hey, 200. Cheers, oh, big sorry. ears. Now, give me one second. I'm cracking this bottle of JD. Oh, right. I'm drinking a gin out my... of a bear cup. Okay. See how upside down it looks like there's a bear? Yeah. See, it's got little fuzzy ears. Very fun. Very fun. Insulated. It's one of those insulated ones. It's like, it's got, a, it's very impressive. Yeah. It's got two layers. All right. Oh, please don't use your teeth. You just got them fixed. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> Jesus. What would I do without you? <laughs> I've been saving this this bottle. Oh. Um, this is a gift. From, for 200 from my, from my dad. Oh. For, um, oh. From getting that, that new job. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's very kind of him. Yeah. And if there's, any, um, if there's any podcasts that you do in which a present from your dad would be probably most relevant, it's Deep Fort. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's... So I don't usually drink whiskey, um, but I'm making an exception because there's nothing else in the house. I see. All right. Cheers, man. Congrats up. To us. Congrats. Oh. <laughs> wow, you it was strong enough to make you French. Yeah, that's how that's how you know it's good shit. It yeah. makes you French. No, good. <laughs> nothing like a strong shot of Jack Daniels <laughs> at four thirty in the afternoon to really get your Monday going. On a Monday. Yeah. Lord oh congrats, man. This is we're very close to within three weeks of nine years. Nine years of Deep wow. Fort, 200 episodes. Who would have thought back when we started on Toronto Ave that we'd still be here today? Even alive. Just yeah. alive. Just having survived into the 2020s. Yeah. No, it is, um, it is, it is some sort of feat. You know? It is. You could argue that like 200 episodes over nine years is not a great strike rate, but you know, we put out. I think quality, quality, quality over quantity, right? But we don't do that either. Well, but we aspire to quality over quantity. Exactly. We might the hit thought, quantity over quality, but we're aiming for quality over quantity. We're aiming for quality. We just haven't, re we just might not be capable of it. <laughs> so the science and the data would probably suggest we're not capable of it. But I think if there's anything that we've demonstrated in this show, it's the human spirit. Of perseverance we've got nothing if not perseverance yeah and maybe this is just the start maybe this was the warm-up we needed to hit quality now in, in our second sort of a batch of 200 yeah now we're really gonna try now it's really I feel like we're gonna we're, we're approaching like a good comfortable zone of quality so look out listeners <laughs> yeah watch out Oh, it's, it's been a few weeks. We've been traveling. I say we, I've been traveling. So apologies for the slightly delayed episode, everyone. But it's very good to see your face. How you doing? I'm great. I've got I've got a lot to tell you. Oh. A lot, a lot has happened in those three weeks. Has okay. it been three weeks? Yeah. Yeah, um, probably. So you know, sometimes I don't come to this show with anything prepared. Usually I don't. And I... I'm prepared to the nines. Oh, God. Not dressed to the nines, but prepared to the nines. Prepared to the nines. <laughs> As everyone always says. Okay, what gosh. What do the nines mean? Is it a golf thing? 
because because you have nine two holes. you have a back nine and a front nine of a golf course if you're dressed to the nines maybe you've dressed up you put your polo shirt on you've got your flat shoes you're out there on the green you're, you're putting you know putting eagles i'm gonna look this up because this is what the show's all about yeah fact-based um, storytelling okay it says it's scottish in origin the bonnie lies therein thou sent me how to the nines they did content me it's from oh. a poem wow okay but still none the wiser is about what the nines is maybe it's a place well someone so, some people think it's a misinterpretation of then ein spelled e-y-n-e e-y-n-e yeah. Oh. Well, that's fun fact corner. Oh, dressed to then iron to the eyes. Oh, I see. So, so it's like a, a Gaelic or Scottish. It looks like a misinterpretation. Okay. Well, I guess we'll never know. But off to a flying start. Yeah, really. and I didn't feel the energy drop at all. So I feel like no. this is <laughs> this is great. Everyone's with us. Everyone's yeah. titillated already. Yeah, we've we've caught them. We've piqued their interest, and now just another two hours of solid content, and they'll they'll leave they'll leave satisfied. They always do. Welcome to Deep Thought, everyone. Episode two hundred. Omg, what a milestone! Everyone said we couldn't do it, and to them we said fuck you, and we did. So fuck off. Now we can go dance on their graves because they all died of embarrassment sitting through the internet with me on this milestone occasion just for a change it is my friend michael zabrecki how we doing how's it going i'm great loving life you're looking Uh, good you're looking swell you're looking fit you're looking tight you're looking great hell yeah let's get into this next next bicentenary yeah my name is nick thank you thank you all sure as hell is and sure as hell is. you may have noticed uh, from your podcast feed today, we have brand new artwork, brand new artwork. And so uh, that's all thanks to our friend Sean, who did our last artwork, but 100 episodes in time for a change. Um, so freshen up the freshen up the place as we go forward. Thank you, Shawnee. Thank you, Sean. He's done a for- great one. I like how he's done. He's done the he's done all of our kind of catchphrases i guess for yeah. lack of a better word just yeah. little memes from yeah. the show which means he really listens as he well. is he's a true fan um and i i don't know if there's anything to read into the fact that the evolution of our artwork over these nine years started sort of side by side in a really affectionate kind of pose and then became a little bit more front facing with weaponry and this the the last iteration and now we are back to back we're not even looking each other in the eye so I feel yeah. like this relationship is is degrading, and um, who knows where it'll go next? Yeah, Nick, the for the three hundredth will just be two dots in the <laughs> in the distance, <laughs> yeah, on opposite ends. No, completely walked away from each other. <laughs> but thank you, Shawnee. Love your work. You said you have a, a ton of stories. I have a few stories. I feel like we've got a, we've got a core core topic here as well that I want to touch on. I feel like it's time for some meaty actual Ooh. substantive discussion today we've got ai lined up in the chamber how do you want to tackle this do you want do you want to, you got stuff to unload do you want to get you want to get some stories out of the way first honestly i think we've got too much content and not enough time <laughs> well, which is a first the first usually time. we have too much time and not enough content <laughs> um, 
But I reckon. Look, I've got I've got a couple of banging stories. Okay, let's, you're gonna let's, you're definitely you're gonna want to hear this app. I can't wait. And they're gonna and they relate to each other. So I reckon I might. And they're kind of connected. Okay, um, sure. That that's also a synonym for relate. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. More where that came from too. <laughs> um, Great. For everyone who's tuned in for the first time, I promise it is as good as this for the rest of the episode. Go back to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go back to episode one. No, um, no we're, we're cancelled. Alrighty. Well, uh, if you've got some stories, I've got some ears. Um, let me know what's happening. i got I got one story as well. So i got two yep. stories. i got I got stories too, actually. So, <laughs> oh, man. I feel oh, like this man. gin has gone right into the right into the brainstem. I have not eaten in Love several that. hours, but let's enjoy the buzz. Oh, hell yeah! I got a few hairs on my uh, my chest from that JD as well. So yeah, okay, feeling Fill molassy. Me All right, so I'm in the process of selling a lot of my stuff. Yeah, um, and one of those things was my car. Oh, um, and I've I've had some ex- I've had some very interesting experiences selling my stuff. Very right. interesting indeed. Um, now, if if you're a diligent deep thought listener, you may recall discussions a couple of years ago or so about buying your parents' old car. Is this the same car that we're talking about? That is completely correct. Okay, so you nice how how long have you owned it baby. for? I've owned it for. Well, technically, I've only owned it for two months, but I've been <laughs> driving it for a year and two months. Okay. Um, but I just, you know, got the plates changed recently because it was in South, South Australian plates. Sure. Um, so, so two months ago, you decided now's the time. And at that point, you didn't have the inkling that you'd need to sell it? Or is switching the plates necessary in order to sell it in Victoria? Yeah, the second one. I need to... I need to put it into my name and put it in, change the plates. And it's, to be honest, it's a lot of bureaucratic fees sure. that just don't make any sense. And it's a rot here, okay. honestly. Like it is fucking, it's like in the thousands to get it changed over. So yeah. I have been avoiding it. Um, so I listed my car on Marketplace initially. You and went just for gotten, Facebook. Well, car sales. Okay. Cost, it costs you oh, I, I, I get you. I, I get you. I'm just wondering the kind of clientele that is looking for a car on Facebook Marketplace. Well, this is my mental. It's, uh, you know, I, if I can get away with saving 120 bones, then I'm going to do that. Um, but I found out after about a month that I'm going to get nothing but absolute crap. Yeah. Like no, like no one followed up. Like plenty of inquiries, but no one followed up. Yeah. So... I bite the bullet, I fork out the 120 and I put it on car sales. And then within like three days, I'm getting like some serious inquiries, people wanting to meet up and stuff. So we get, I get this, um, I get this one, one guy, he messages, messages me, wants to meet up. He comes around and he's, he's, he's got his daughter with him. You know, she looks like, she looks like I don't know, under 20. And he's saying that, like, it's for my daughter. That's kind of a non-specific age. (laughs) Like, that could be both, like, a four-year-old and an 18-year-old. Well, it could be a 16-year-old to a 20-year-old. Okay. Because she's buying the car. Okay. Or so he says. Ooh. Yeah. So he says, "It's it's my daughter's first car. 
Um, like it's a kind of a nice car. Yeah, so it's like a Mazda, Mazda CX-5. It's in yeah, good condition. Yeah, what year? 2014. Yeah, like, right. so it's not like Pretty top rich. of the line, but yeah. like for me, it was is the best car I've ever driven. And yeah. you know, you've driven we're some talking shit boxes. Yeah, absolute trash boxes. Yeah. Um, and I've you know this is not a small amount of money either. You know that I've listed it for, so I don't really want to say what I've listed it for, but sure, it's thirty-five thousand dollars. Let's say that. So he says that he wants, you know, I'm like, oh, do you, so do you guys want to take it for a test drive? I've looked up all the legalities of that, checked with my insurance. You can, you can, if you're in the car with the person test driving the car, you're covered. Okay. So I've got all that, but he says, no, 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 it's all good. You just drive her around, like she, so she can get to feel. So I'm driving, and he's waiting. That's off. weird. Is that? I thought it was a little bit weird. What is she going to learn from that experience? Well, she just how the radio I mean, first works. Of all, what does she know about vehicles? That's my point. Yeah. If you're not and driving it yourself, what are you learning from a test drive? More to the point, I know nothing about vehicles, so I can't narrate. And <laughs> I, so I'm just forced to make small talk with this young woman. And let me tell you, Nick, making conversation with young women, not exactly my forte. Any women, I'd say. Any women. So I'm like, you know, so you you team Edward or team Jacob? <laughs> She's I've got nothing. She's you like, what the, the hell's TikTok? that? I'm like, what about the uh, what about that Silicon Valley bank collapse? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, <laughs> right? She's like, what's a bank? You know, I've I've got that was my emergency card. I've got nothing here. Yeah. So that was your, like, your guaranteed fallback. And when that falls over, like, oh my god! Like if we can't talk if we can't talk finance, then, yeah, I'm <laughs> I got nothing here. Tips. Yeah. At one point, I asked her if if she was at uni, and she said, "Are you trying to work out how old I am?" And I was like, "Oh, not touching that." Oh, that's you know a what? yeah. Silence for the rest of the trip. Uh, I feel it would be a little bit creepy when you when you ask me. Well, that. that's weird. That what? Okay, so let me let me think. Let me war game this. He's like, take my daughter for a test drive. You no. were driving the car, so he's not. So she's not learning anything about how the car actually works, right? In Definitely that scenario, me. why is he not in the car? Why can't he be in the back seat? Who knows? Who knows? I've, I've, I don't know. I don't really care. I just took her, I just, I, so I just took her around the block. You know, I'm kind of trying to point out things. This is the indicators that makes the lights flash on the side of the car. Shit like that. Shit yeah. like that. By the way, I don't know this vehicle. I don't know any vehicles. I don't know what to say about them. I said, she said, oh, yeah, it looks like it drives pretty smooth. And I said, yeah, it's a smooth ride. And that was about <laughs> as technical as I got. This is a six-speed oh. carburetor. You got the uh, the twin axles, four-wheel drive, you know, can reverse in both directions. Uh, you got P, the spoiler, the which P, makes P, it go spoilers. faster, as you know. You're a yeah. scientist. Um, no NOS, but you could act that on. Um, Bluetooth, <laughs> optional. Heated seats if you uh, put a hot water bottle down. <laughs> yeah, all, all the all the good shit. So we do that. We come back pretty quickly because she wasn't giving me anything. And um, and the, then they do the thing where... Um, now, this is like an Italian, a very Italian guy, right? Okay. And the door can is I just for the sake of my mental picture? Can I picture Christopher Maloney? Who's that? Okay, the guy from Law and Order SVU, or can it maybe like a James Gandolfini in The Sopranos? How how we're Italian getting, are we going? We're getting closer, but okay. think, think, Pacino, think, 
ch- Chopper Reed moustache, okay. which is grey, okay. which is grey, but also slightly portly Italian okay. guy. Okay. Italian-Australian. Italian Did he look like he could have served me a margarita pizza at La Trattoria? 100%. Okay. Okay. I'm in the zone. Could not be more on the money with that. Okay. Um, so then we get out and we're, um, it's kind of awkward because I know they want to discuss it. Um, so I say, you know, I'll let you guys discuss and then you can, you know, just sing out. I'll be in my um, house just doing nothing. So they, they come out and then he's doing the thing where he's just like, you know, uh, well, so there's a couple of scratches here and, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. not a new car. Doing Starting that the haggle process, yeah. <laughs> and I'm very familiar with this process because I too have an ethnic father, right? <laughs> and I, I have I have seen him do this maybe a hundred times uh-huh. at Coles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this champagne so ham, you know, it's got, it's got a couple of nicks on the side. How about I 245 mean, a kilo? I've seen him get a, I've seen him negotiate at Coles. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and win um, wow um so he's starting this thing and I, I in my head i'm like you know stay strong baby come on stay strong like i'm really trying to give myself the pep talk because you know i, I feel like negotiating especially oh by the way he says he's a panel beater so i'm like oh. fuck like he's got he's got one up on me here i don't know much about cars but i know that's car related <laughs> I know. Do cars have panels? Yeah, that's and, uh, what they do. Do they get beaten sometimes? Yeah, that's their job. I'm like, cool. like fuck this guy. <laughs> um. So he. So he just comes straight out. He's like, right. So, what's your what's your final offer? And I said, oh well, I've kind of factored this into the listing price. Yeah. And so I say, my final price is. So we said hypothetically thirty five. Then let's say. I, I said my final price is thirty three point five. Okay, so I knocked off fifteen hundred bucks, anticipating that that would be, you know, I was kind of hoping for that at the top end, but yeah. was happy with that at the lower end. Yeah, and and so he goes, okay, look, it does have a few scratches and stuff, and uh, you know, so we'll we'll offer you uh, thirty three point two. How about that? As in three hundred dollars less. $300 less than my lowest price. Sure. And I go, all right, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just want this thing to be over. It's such I a can't hassle, really. yeah. It is such a hassle. I don't want to make small talk with another 13-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> you said she so, was 16 to 20. Oh, it's hard to tell these days. Yeah. Um, so we go up inside and, again, like I don't know what to do. So he's kind of taking the lead. He's really alpha-dogging the situation, which makes me feel small. But I also feel like I still am winning because I'm still getting, you know, a sizable amount of money. And I didn't I didn't cave to the point where, you know, if he lowballed me and said, I'll offer you 13K, there's a part yeah. of me that thinks I oh, might have just in the moment just yeah. go, oh, sure. Um, so I felt like I, I was still up. Um and we go inside and he draws, we draw up like some manual contracts just on a pen and paper. Um, and he wants me to take it to his mechanic for like, so we draw up the contact contracts and it's pending inspection with his mechanic. And I'm like, okay. And he does this. He was so, it was so fucking David Brent. He was like, um, you know, uh, I'll get my guy Mario, I'll get my guy Mario to come. He just wants to check it out. You know, he's one of my guys. He's a great mechanic. When are you free? And I'm like, oh, I, I could, I could drive it over there on Thursday. And he's like, okay, he rings up Mario there and then on the spot. 
does this. Mario, how you doing, big fella? You know, like doing that stuff. Um, try, take it over to the mechanic. I asked Mario, by the way, when I was there, I was like, oh, this guy's a friend of yours. He's like, he's not a friend of mine. <laughs> he's not a friend of mine. He's a, he's a client. He's very sure. much a client. Yeah. Um, so I, that made me feel better because I'm like yeah. not just okay, coming slightly more objective. Yeah. So the mechanic's report comes back. He's like, it's a good car, but it's got this and this, and I need to tell him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so then... On the so I took it there on the Thursday, then Thursday late morning after I've taken it to the mechanic, I get a phone call from an unknown number, and it's the mother of the daughter. Okay, right, and it's blocked number, or it's like you no. just don't recognize it. I don't recognize it because I've yeah. been dealing with the with dad. The guy. Yeah, this is for the daughter. Yeah, right. So then the the mum says, "Hey, she's really nice. Hey, we've taken you know our friend Mario." I was like. Phew. Friend. Our friend Mario said that you know there's this and this and wrong with it, and you know it's it's um you know it's such a the daughter's it's our daughter's first car, and you know she saved up all of her money to do this. So I'm just wondering if you if you could find it within your heart to to drop a couple of hundred dollars off, and I'm like I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen as soon as I took it to the mechanic. As soon as the mechanic said there's, there's a couple of things wrong with it, I'm yeah. like, I'm going to get a phone call here. Didn't yeah. expect it to be the mum. Yeah. Now I've met the entire family. Yeah, you have. You know, I'm going to meet the dog fucking next. cousin next. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and so I again, very proud of myself. I stayed strong. I said, look, you know, I spoke to the mechanic myself. He said it's a, it's in pretty good nick for the the year it is. Um. I'm I'm kind of reluctant to drop the price any further because you know I've already given you such you know, fifteen hundred bucks yeah. off. Um, Good job. So why don't why don't you have a chat with your daughter and get back to me with a price like so like what's your I know we've is? we've imagined a price of thirty five k here. I would I picked that number completely as a a wild overestimation. Is it unrealistic that this girl has saved up her money to buy this car? I would say so. Yeah, so this is clearly their money that they're spending, right? She, there's no way that she could buy an eight-year-old, pretty decent. What is it like a yeah, Subaru thingy, Mazda CX-5? Sure, it's a it's a solid car. I would yeah. say it's it's at given what her, I think her age is. Yeah, you know, eight, eight years old. I so think this is this is some impossible. bullshit that the mum is feeding you. I feel like that, and I, yeah. I'm like, you know, I've. I've spoken to the mum. I've spoken to the dad. You know, you're coming to me with this sob story, yeah. asking me to drop the price. I'm like, you know what? Put put the daughter on the phone. I want to hear her beg for it. <laughs> I, she's the only person I haven't spoken to yet. Yeah. You know, I want to hear the desperation in her voice. Yeah, Don't and fucking also, fucking get sending your goonies like to $200, do two hundred dollars. Can't you put out two hundred dollars if your daughter's paying for it? Right? Like, geez, give her two hundred bucks. Fucking cheapskates. Anyway, so they come back and they say they want thirty-two thousand. They'll give it. They want two thirty-two thousand. So it's like two grand less now. Okay. And three I three grand less. I, three no, it's two grand less. So I not thirty-three. Yeah. Their price. Their their price after the mechanics report was two grand less than what I wanted You'd to pay. Listed, yeah. So I bumped it up two hundred dollars and met them in the middle yeah. and said. So it's still a little bit of negotiation. And then they said, that's a deal. So locked in, deal. I feel good. Then they come, they come over. It's the parent, it's the, the husband and wife come okay. over on yep. the Saturday to finalize the paperwork. Yep. 
It the it's going into the mum's name, so this is a whole fucking ruse. Okay, yeah, it's going straight into her name. Um, they I asked for a bank transfer. I mean, this is this is a lot of money that this we're dealing a with a lot here. of money. Yeah, so I'm. It's all these like little things so you don't know how to like navigate really. Yeah. Like, you know. So I asked for a bank direct debit bank transfer. I just felt that that was safest. They yep. rock up with several thousand dollars in cash. Yeah. In cash, bundled which is, up. Which is probably not as much as it looks like, right? It's always like, you're like, that can't be thousands of dollars. Well, it was heavy. Yeah. It was heavy. And then they're transferring the rest, which is like the the, the bulk of it. Um, And that in itself is like a very nerve wracking process because I have to go. It it was done on a on a Saturday. Yeah, which means the bank isn't going to show that funding until at least two days later. Correct. Then so I, this morning I went down and I was like very nervously took you know uh, several thousand dollars to in the a, bank back back to the bank Jeez. and I'm like I don't have a car so I have to walk there. Um, and I'm taking it to the bank, and I, I was so I was actually nervous. Like the the woman serving me, the the teller, I, she asked for my ID. I knew they were going to because it's of course know, that much money, and I like literally dropped it because I was shaking. <laughs> and then I was like, "This doesn't look good because you know I've it's got weird, yeah." The, all this all cash the brain's going wild. I'm like, yeah. if I'm her, I'm thinking drugs too. So yeah, I'm trying to look, trying to use every break in the conversation to let her know that you know why I'm selling my car and blah blah blah. So I'll give her the whole story. She was sweet as pie. Um, and then I'm also just waiting for this other check Big to lump. come through to yeah. my bank, um, which thankfully it did Yay. at like noon. So that's all done. But is yeah, that the largest lump saga. sum you've ever had transferred in one hit into your account? Oh, yeah, yeah. By a I, lot. I um when we were making Good Grief season two, we were waiting on some international funding from the sale of season one overseas. And it had been months and 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 kept being put off and they kept promising that it'd be processed and blah, 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 blah. And then out of the blue one day, I just uh, looked in my bank account and it was there. And it was the oh. most <laughs> my bank account had ever jumped in one yeah. year. It's the most surreal feeling. Um, it is. Yeah, strange as. Yeah, you, you, you feel like a different person. It's weird how money can affect you. Just like just this weird just this little figure that yeah. exists in the tiny corner of your mind. Yeah. Because money's not real. No. And you just have this figure and you're like, I could do anything. Yeah. Right now. I mean it's it's power, obviously, but it, it's like this feeling of freedom. And I you know, it's not I don't like it. I don't like that, you know, it makes you feel that way, but it does. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that it worked out and that it wasn't some horrible scam where you ended up chasing banks and chasing police and lawyers and all kinds of other headaches. So um, for yeah, all of that, that hassle, would have, that would have that would have been an absolute nightmare. And that was that was all running through my head before, like before yeah. the the check clears. It's like that's you're thinking worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. There's actually ads running here in New Zealand for a car dealership brand where the whole premise is this lovely old grandma and grandpa come up and meet this guy and and test drive his ute and he says yeah yeah just go, yeah pop around the block and he um he stands there hands the keys off to the grandma and grandpa and they like give a wave and drive off and then it cuts to 12 hours later and he's still standing outside in the darkness and they're like oh but you wish you sold it through us 
and um, yeah. the whole the whole um, risk of 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 these online transactions where it's like private sale definitely definitely permeates those kind of transactions. I'm sure the 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 fear of it going wrong. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I think I I am generally quite trusting of people too. Um, you know, I I feel like I haven't been. You're a beta cuck. Yeah. Okay, you sound like my dad. Um, but <laughs> I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm like in my head. You know, I meet these people in person. I'm like, these are lovely people. Like they they remind me of my folks. You know, a little bit. Um, you know, I'm like, oh, ha- seeking th- affection. I'm not going to get ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, then you and then once you're apart from them, you're like, then you're going through all the all the things. Like maybe they were if they're conning me about about the you know the daughter. Maybe they're conning me about the whole thing, but you know, I got sent receipt numbers and stuff, so I think it was pretty above board. But yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's the car saga over. I've already been talking for half an hour. You go. Okay, I got one that has similar levels of depth, complexity, peril, danger, financial worry. Um, yeah, this, buckle up because this story is going to take you places. And our listeners are going to be exhausted after yeah. this show. Put everyone crawl onto the floor and put the socks back on that you just lost in the last story because they're about to be blown off one more time. <laughs> so I just spent a couple of weeks in Adelaide. I went back for a wedding. It was all very nice. I saw lots of friends. Went to the Fringe, foreshadowing for a future story. Um, yeah. And also because, yeah, I work out. I uh, went to the gym a few times, you know. Nice. So much. So nice. what, you going to... Consume me, so what? I work out. Yeah, what's what's the matter with that? You so got a problem, bad. man? You want to take this outside? So <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck is all I'll say. Because um, yeah. I've been going to the I've gym. Been, I've been working as, out. as I said before, as previously established. Jim, place I've been. Yeah. Do you want to keep I don't, going I don't around the circles of this conversation? Are. <laughs> are you repeating yourself with your questions? Maybe, but that's on you. Yeah. Um, so I was at the gym. And I had been working out for maybe half an hour at that point. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a conscientious gym user. I bring a towel. I bring a drink bottle. You know, I, I clean up after myself. You know, I think that that's Love that. very reasonable, basic expectation of all users. And brought my towel along, you know, doing some hard work, hard reps, you know, sweating a bit, mop on the brow, yeah, nice. putting the towel back Love down that. on the ground or on the bench or whatever i'm doing half an hour in you know it's been getting a bit of use and then i think i'm at the bench press doing a set you know stand up mop the brow a bit and as i pick up the towel and press it to my face i feel something move and a spider falls out of the towel across my face down my body and scurries off across my lap and onto the ground and runs away. Oh, my God. And it is the most shocking, most horrifying, awful feeling. And immediately it's disappeared. I'm looking around. I'm like, where did it go? Why the fuck was it in my towel? Where is it now? I can't see it anywhere. Did you get a read on what kind of spider this was? I'm, I, I, I know in this, in the nature of this kind of story, the tendency is towards exaggeration. But I am reining myself in here when I say that the actual size of it was genuinely like quite a meaty size 
for a spider. I would say a diameter of eight centimeters plus. So about about the size of my asshole. Yeah, a, a, a very common metric that everyone would understand. The um, it, it was not just a tiny little jumping spider. It was not just a little daddy long legs. It was it had some meat on those legs, Black. and it was it was brown, and it had places to be because it moved fast. And I had so many thoughts through my head. The first is, has this been in my towel for the past half hour? And every half hour, I have been pressing this spider into my face. Or worse, has it been somewhere in the vicinity, seen my towel, thought, oh, yeah, nice little hidey hole, and then had the fright of its life when I picked it up and pushed it into my face. But then immediately afterwards, you know, bad result. And I could not see it anywhere. And, you know, my next my next set or whatever, I wanted to carry the bench to a different place. And I, I was, like, on the ground. I was looking underneath, you know, all this, um, every side of it to see where the fuck did this thing go. I, like, picked up the towel very carefully. It's like, it's not there. This fucking thing vanished. But for the rest of the workout, I was like, it is here somewhere. And yeah. it is probably angry at me. <laughs> what am I going to do? spider with a vengeance I truly the most horrifying like, gym experience i've ever had that i imagine that this is what it feels like to work out in prison when you don't <laughs> when you don't know if you're gonna get shanked you know you just constantly <laughs> yeah, looking could come around. from any angle because because you've got the fear you i mean you're, you're doing some some i mean you've sent me your stats nick you're doing some seriously heavy numbers there my friend well thank you um, yes I, I do work out i you know go to the gym a bit you go to the reps. gym yeah um and that coupled that coupled with fear, I mean, maybe uh, maybe you could channel the adrenaline, adrenaline. into into the uh, into the set, but I think it, you don't want your mind to be somewhere else. That's true. You want to be focused. But here, here is it. That is an interesting thought. Maybe, maybe there's a glass half full here that I wasn't considering. Maybe that should be part of my weekly routine. Bring Maybe a spider. next time, bring your own spider. Let the fear motivate some some higher rep counts. Hundred percent, and oh, it, you can yeah. take it up a notch once you get used to that. You can, you could get one. Of, you could say to a guy in the street, say, "Hey, just I'm going to go do a workout. Yeah, every now and then, just come out of the blue and just punch me in the face." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it becomes logistically more complicated because he has to be an anytime fitness member. So mm. either he existing membership or you convince him to do like a week trial. But that's just that's just bureaucracy. Like we can sort through yeah. that. You can work yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, but that that is terrifying. I, yeah. I would absolutely hate that. I've 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 uh, you know my you know my where my parents used to live in Waterfall Gully, there's yeah. there's a lot of kind of spiders around there. Yeah. And a few times there would be, you know, get out of the shower and mum would always have the folded up towels on a rack. And a few times I took off the towel to like dry myself off, and a huge spider, Ugh. like a like a white tip as well. Yeah, like ones Which where the, it's like you could actually there's some peril. Yeah, I hate the ones that are kind of long and and then wide at the front. They look like Ferraris, you know. They look like a sports car. A Ferrari. You know, the, oh, you mean know, like, like long, longer than they are wide. Yeah, maybe like a Harley Davidson. It's like <laughs> it, it kind of starts thin, but Harley then goes Spiderson. out. It's got that real V-neck kind of sure. shape. Yeah, uh, those are the scariest ones. The Formula One spiders. <laughs> I've never heard them compared to race cars before, but I see what you're getting at. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, I hate that. Gosh. I don't know if it's the gin, but I feel very warm. I think it's the gin. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I've got another I've got another story later, but you 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 feel like you you got another one? I've got another to, one. Okay, cool. Do you want to do tit for tit? Well, let's get these tits out, yeah. Couple of tits. Um, so this is related to me, um, my last one, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, apart from selling my car, I've been selling a whole bunch of other shit, including my, um, including some music equipment. And I had listed the other day a, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's a, it's a piece of musical equipment. And I listed it on Gumtree, my favorite triangle. <laughs> um, and I got listed it on Gumtree and I'm listing this for 180 bucks, yeah. right? So I get a message on Sunday last week from someone called Tanya. You can only see the first name. Okay. Saying, would you do $100? Okay. I'm like, that's a bit that's cheeky. Very, okay. Yeah. That's almost half off. It's not very nice. Um, and I, I, so I wrote back, I'll do 160 To which she replied, 120 Pick up today. <laughs> so I didn't reply because yeah. I'm not bothering with this shit. She gonna, no. She's going to keep lowballing me. No. Yeah. Right? That, so that was on Tuesday. Then four hours later, she says, okay, I found an extra 30 bucks. Uh-huh. Didn't reply. Half an hour after that, 150 Lol, please, with like five E's, Ugh. right? So I, I'm confused at this point because yeah. a a this is this is kind of a this is kind of like um, music equipment that I would it, it, you use it with Ableton. It's like an Ableton controller. Sure. The name is Tanya. I don't want to generalize, but most of the Tanyas I've ever met. <laughs> Wow, have like, been okay, forty-five everyone, I feel like to fifty. We might plus. be getting some generalizations coming in. Well, you hear Tanya, you think boomer. Okay. Okay. I don't know many young Tanyas. Uh-huh. Right? So I don't reply to that either. She says, lol, please. I don't reply to that either. I haven't responded since I said I'll do 160 as yeah. my final offer. Yeah. Then three days go by. Yeah. And she sends me a message saying, testing, one, two, one, two, three. Wow. That's wow. Bold, right? That's very bold. That's super bold. So now I'm intrigued. Okay. And I wrote back, does this usually work for you? <laughs> she replies instantly, are you annoyed? Okay. I'm like, what? Are you annoyed? I said, I'm curious more than anything. Yeah. Then she said, I'm going to be famous. What? I'm gonna be. Fa- I'll screenshot this to you. you I, can put no, it in I believe notes. you. Yeah, insane. I said I can tell. Now I'm now I'm vague. Now I'm enjoying this and possibly vaguely flirting. I think. <laughs> you know? And then she says, "I don't mean to bother you. I'll move on. All the best." Okay. And I said, "Good luck." And so that was the end of that. But just a very odd interaction. Coming back with a testing one, two, three. Yeah, it's very And sharp. then disappearing without making another offer. That's, that's an odd that's an odd behavior. I'm like I'm I'm intrigued to meet this person. But also they might kill me. But here's the other <laughs> thing. So I 
I I typed into with all of these factors that didn't make sense. I typed into Facebook Tanya and just thought maybe what there'd be fucking millions. Well, I'm looking for a very specific type of person, Nick. Okay. I'm looking for someone who's younger. Because uh-huh. no one... Cause, cause no the one 50s is going to be, I'm going to be famous, right? I'm also looking for maybe like a music uh, thing in there. Uh-huh. In their... Melbourne base. Their presence. Yeah. We we have one mutual friend called Tanya. So she's off, yeah. right? So she's the first one that comes up. The second one that comes up is a young woman named Tanya, who I have eight mutual friends with, who uh-huh. lives in Melbourne. Uh-huh. And she is a musician. Okay. And I know that because I've paid to see her play. Wow. She's played with Sharon Van Etten. So I know that she uses this gear. Oh. So my, my suspicion is that it's this person who is actually quite a prominent musician. Right. And her name is Tanya and she goes okay, by the okay, alias. We, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I suspect that, I heavily suspect that it's um, that person. But solid banter. Yeah, uh, a little bit self, self. Uh, what would you call it? Self-important. I'm going to be famous. I mean, I think it's tongue-in-cheek. That's how I, that's how I received <sighs> yeah, it. Yeah, but, but like... You don't care. What am I going to do? Sell it to you for cheaper because you're going to be famous one day. What does that matter? Yeah, um, I think so. it's I think it's a joke. But you know, you got to love those types of interactions. Yeah. Gosh, I have one last little story, which is a, a, a trip story that we went to, and then after this, I think we can get into the meat of it. But um, I was in Adelaide in March, which, as many would know, is the, the, the best time to be in Adelaide because it is fringe and festival time. It is. I love Adelaide and the fringe time. So good. You know, those so late good. summer nights, those, um, you know, a month worth of shows and, and comedy and music and cabaret and stuff to go to. Just a great time to be there. It had been many Wonderful years time. since I'd been back for the fringe because it's just not a time of year that I was, you know, getting away from New Zealand typically. Um but but a good time and Casey and I went to a couple of shows and yeah just nice vibes in the gardens all real good and so I was looking for in a fairly packed um, week of um, catch-ups and that sort of thing I was looking for opportunities to go and to what sort of show we might go to and of course for a New Zealander there's not that many or really any recognizable names and if it is a name you recognize because it's a Kiwi then you might as well just go see them when you're in New Zealand. Like it's a little bit pointless. So I was trying to find someone that I, that I knew that I felt like was a reliable gig that would be, you know, uh, up his alley or of passing interest so that you could enjoy the night. Yeah. And I settled on Sam Simmons, um, mm. who I assume, you know, a slightly old comedy guy getting a little bit older these days, but um, you know, some, some great stuff in the, early 2010s and onwards um and he had a show at the fringe and we went on the sunday night which was the last show of his series of his yeah. of, of his yeah his his time in the fringe and so we, we bought tickets we queue up we get inside and he comes out on stage and he has he just seems a little bit 
off. And, and he's a bit of an alt comic. Like, he's a bit of a strange guy. He likes he likes a bit he's of a, a non sequitur. He's a bit of a weirdo. He plays, like, videos and, and, and does some singing. He's quite, like, multimedia in his stand-up. Um, yep. But he's, he's a bit of an oddball. And he starts oh, yeah. the show. He comes out and he says, God, I just feel really sick tonight. And he goes, well, I was at the Exeter last night and I had some drinks and I had one drink and I, I just don't remember anything afterwards. And we're all like, oh, yeah, you know, like waiting for the punchline. <laughs> He's like, are any of the guys from the, the, the Exeter here tonight? And there's like a, there's a couple of guys out the back who's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like. That was stuff. Just, just like, I guess like people he, he bumped into at the pub and he gave them some comps or something and they, they showed up. Okay. That's my interpretation. So there's a couple of cheers from blokes out the back of the, the gig. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Did you guys spike my drink? And there's this sort of like silence. It's like, yeah, because I don't, I had one drink and I don't remember anything from like seven o'clock onwards. And, yeah. and the audience is like really unsure. It's like, is this a joke? Comedy. Is this a punch? Is this like his vibe? Or is this real? And it very sort of quickly becomes clear that this is real, at least to me. I read it as uh, this is a hundred percent a thing that happened. And is so, he telling jokes in between? This no, this story? is sort of, this is just it's like at funny. the top. Yeah, so it's funny is, because people think it might be a joke. Yeah, but they don't. They're not sure, but it's like nervous laughter from the audience. You're sort of like waiting for it. You're waiting for the thing, but like you're there to see a comedy show. So your expectation is that, you know, like this is, you're coming into prime to laugh at it. Right. Yeah. And then, then it's like, yeah, I just like, I literally, I can't remember anything that just happened. I just feel so sick. I only had one beer. And then there's this long sort of silence and he goes, well, anyway, and then he gets into this thing and he hits play on this song and then starts singing along to like a, a video and a track. And for the first half of the show, after every song, he's like cutting the song short. And then he's like, oh, man, it's just not working tonight, is it? And everyone's sort of like, he's like, well, I guess so. Okay, we'll do this one. And he'd do this little like pre-rehearsed spiel and he'd get into the next song or get into the next bit. And he'd come out of it and he'd be like, it's weird in here, isn't it? It's a weird vibe. And everyone's kind of thinking like, yep. Sure is. Yep. It's a weird vibe, and and I know it's me. I know that I'm I I'm the the cause of it, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel way off, and everyone's like, "Yep, sorry." And then he sort of kicks onto the show, and, and about halfway in, he's like, "Okay, I feel like I'm I feel like I've I've clicked into it now. I feel like with that one, I'm I'm on it a bit more, and yeah, I feel I feel like I'm 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 back in it. Yeah, you know, that that was just weird that first half, wasn't it? And everyone's like, "Yeah." And, you know, the songs themselves and the rest of the gig he's doing are, are more explicitly jokes and there are laughs and he's involving people. And then anyway, the rest of the show finishes and he gets to the end of the night. It's like, yeah, man, God, that's not how I thought that show went. It was just fucking hard work, wasn't it? Yeah, God, what do you think I should do? And everyone's like, uh, it's like, do you think I should go to the police? Like, because I can't, like, I think I was drugged. Like, I think I was roofied. And, like, there's a few murmurs of people being like, yes, go to the police. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, do you think I should go to, the, like, the hospital or whatever? And, like, and everyone's like, yeah, go to the hospital. And then he was like, all right, thanks for coming out. Have a good night, everybody. And he walks off stage. It was the most 
surreal kind of uh, gig I've been to. And all the way through, you're thinking like, is this the joke or is this not the joke? And I've landed on the side of it was not a joke, which is yeah. just it's just not the not the vibe not the vibe you get comedy from it is it does sound kind of funny to just constantly be bringing it's kind of a through line for the show yeah and it, to constantly bringing it back from i i agree from what you've said it, it sounds like it probably was true yeah but i think he's made a conscious choice yeah maybe he does feel weird but it sounds like he probably made a conscious choice to announce it maybe as like a you know in case he is off, which yeah. he was. Yeah. And then it, it is funny to just be oscillating between... It's funny on paper to be oscillating between this this memory loss that he's had and and also just his regular performance. Yeah, but it just sounded, like, traumatic. Like, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, to, like, be drugged, roofied against your will and then wake up the next day and be like, what the fuck? And then have to go on stage and like, you know, make a livelihood. Like it was, it was weird. And and it definitely didn't connect thematically with the show. The show was all about technology and it was kind of Bo Burnham-esque about like how we're losing ourselves to social media and like all of his stuff was stock imagery. And it was just very much not the theme of the show at all. And, and in fact, right. the, the last, the ending act of the show was about him trying to work out what the theme of the show was, but in a scripted way and p- making a point. Right. And then th- this whole other thing was just like not connected. It was it was a strange tangent. But I like exited the show and I was like, uh, so what did you think? <laughs> in case he was like, uh, a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 He is. It, Sam Sims is a strange guy. I've seen him play a few times. He's, yeah. he's interesting. I've seen him play I- and really laughed my ass off. Like when he's on, he, like I've really enjoyed it. And this just did not feel consistent with how I'd seen him before. Yeah, interesting. Mm. But you had a good time at the you had a good time at the fringe. Apart from that, did Casey like the fringe? Yeah, I mean, we didn't. Eat, like, there's so much to see really in that thing. So we we only really went to the garden. We we went to a couple of shows there, but that's a nice vibe. We didn't go to anything sort of cabaret or, you know, um, drama like the the festival side of it at all. But good to get a taste of it because that that's it's it's definitely the best time to be in Adelaide. Oh yeah. Just walking down Rundle Street with without any cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gardens lit up. It's yeah, a beautiful time. It's great. Beautiful time. Oh, uh, is that our stories? Uh, that's yeah. That's story story time. Well, I um I feel like we should go and get another shot and then jump into some some real talk about uh, an actual topic. Let's do it. All right. Uh, time for another shot. You're such a professional, dude. You're you know, such a professional. I, it's just because I've spent so many fucking hours of my life editing this shit. I know, but I love it. I love watching you. Love watching you work. And oh, th- this is you. not going to make any sense to anyone. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, big boy. Now we are going to do 200 shots because it's the 200th episode. So I imagine by by the end of this, we're going to be wasted, man. Oh yeah. It's going to be coursing through our body. It already is. When was the last time you threw up from alcohol? I have never thrown up from alcohol. You're such an idiot. (laughs) That's not where I thought that question was going. (laughs) I lashed out. I lashed out immediately. I feel warm. Yeah. It is. It is. 
everywhere. Mm. Um, it's like I'm there. It's like I'm there giving you a big old hug. Big hugs time. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, we're an hour in, but I think this is the perfect time to get into the meat of the show. <laughs> and, you know, given our previous history, um, maybe technology related topics are not everyone's forte on the podcast, but I reckon we've gone too long without acknowledging it. It is time to talk AI. Well, I think this has gone mainstream. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's not niche. Absolutely not. It's not exclusionary. So uh, when we're talking AI, I feel like in the most recent sort of six months of it, we're talking about a couple of different things. We're talking about the open AI um, conversation chat box stuff, chat GPT. We're talking about image generation stuff, which we have touched on the mid journey and, and that kind of thing of, of image creation. Um, but we're at a point now where computing is using these vast databases of, of um, data, really, of, of image sources or text sources, harvesting it all, learning from it, and now reaching a point at which it can spit it back out to us. Um, so there's a whole bunch of interesting things here. Um, as a intro, Michael, tell me where you are now with, with your expectations of AI and how you see it today. So I used chat gpt for the first time last month and i'm not as up to date with all this shit as you are um but it it kind of leaked into the zeitgeist in you know news features news articles conversation and all things so it's on my periphery then it's kind of like oh i'll try this thing out i'll jump on um also in my line of work i i you know spoke with a journalist who we had a weird conversation with it about. I asked him if um I hadn't used it yet, but I asked him if he um if he was worried about ChatGPT taking his job and he had actually just written an article about this very thing. So we had this fascinating conversation about it. And so I jumped on there and I tried it out a little bit and I was literally blown away. I was blown away to the point of like holy like 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 a little scared yeah because i felt that this so i i tried it out a little bit and then i started to actually i like i spent some time some proper time with it and that's what i could you know because you could type in you know how many listeners does deep fort has and it will tell you deep fort is we don't know what deep fort is <laughs> um so i'm like oh that's that's obviously false so then then i'm starting to ask it questions and i'm starting to use it for work and stuff and i really do get i got the sense that like this is the start of something that's that's this is the future and by that i mean this is like the future that we all imagined yeah now yeah and i know that it is just an aggregate of things that are on the internet but the, the answers that this thing gives is so mind-blowing to me that it's it's just the, it's t- the scary thing to me and it's like a nervous kind of giddy scared. The thing for me is that this is going to explode. Yeah. Like this is the start. This is the genesis. This is, this is the crack in the wall. Like the dam is about to open and AI will be everywhere. It will be everywhere and, and lit 
my brain for the last month since I've been using this has just been thinking about all of the different thing, different ways that this could be used. And it's like a tree. It's like a Darwinian kind of tree where you're like, oh, th- that will lead to that and that will lead to that. And that to me is like, it's going to be an explosion as big as, as big as the internet was, you know, that leap from analog to digital that we made in the nineties or early two thousands. And also, you know, that leap that we made from, um, you know, the Nokia 3210 to the smartphone. Yeah. Like it feels as colossal as that and probably way bigger because it's actually exponential. Yeah. It is, it is hard to know whether, as you say, this is the very start of everything going crazy or whether this is the sort of the level that it will be on for another decade. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that has become clear, particularly with, with text-based stuff like ChatGPT, is that the way it operates is by predicting the next word in a sentence based on its language models. So it's not actually knowledgeable about pulling out data or information or facts. It predicts what the next word in the sentence will be based on its understanding of other sentences and other data that it's ingested, which means that it often just fucking makes shit up, just makes completely inaccurate claims about completely wrong-handed ideas and often in a way which is delivered almost um, impertinently with like this attitude or, or like it can be kind of aggressive towards people if you get it in the wrong mood, which is fascinating, absolutely mm. fascinating that you can encounter like personalities in this AI. But the unreliability of a lot of that information does suggest that it is it's definitely not the answer to everything just yet but whether or not we're at a point where that will suddenly click over and whether accuracy will suddenly jump up or whether this is the best we are going to be able to do for another decade i'm not sure but it's it's a really interesting place now where for a lot of things like if you were writing a form response for a work email or even to a certain extent um, some basic like English, like high school work or that sort of thing. It can supply things. If you're, if you're looking for a, uh, if you're a, a coder or a web developer and you're looking for very specific data formatting or coding information, it can quite accurately give you stuff to get you started. But when it comes to basic facts, <laughs> it's not always there. Yeah. Uh, I have, so Part of my job is I, I write articles. Um, I'm basically distilling scientific information. I'm basically reading research papers and then writing news articles about them. So this is actually, um, you know, just a slam dunk as far as, you know, taking the, the legwork out of that. And I've experimented with ChatGPT for that purpose. Mm. Um, and obviously rewording that 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 text like i'm not i'm not yeah i'm not just copying and pasting but you know you can it it is extremely helpful for my job um i so i I have so many questions uh uh, like uh, around around this stuff because it i mean it raises so many questions um you know when i when i have used it for my work um i looked up 
my first question was, is this going to homogenize language? If everyone starts using this, if everyone mm. starts using it for their job, is it go? are we just going to be getting the same type of writing? So I looked into that and I looked and then I, then I was wondering how, 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 uh, uh, high schools, how are universities going to police this? Mm. Because it's, it's going to make, it's going to change universities. It's going to change education. Yeah. If kids are, are, are you know, just copying slabs of chat GPT text and, you know, I, you know, I know you said that there's some, um, there's some problems with it and that there definitely are, but it, it's also pretty fucking good. Um, is that is that going to create a problem for universities? Then from that, I well, found can that I, there can was... I interject a quick um, story yep. there? I have I saw coverage of a university professor. I think let's say for the sake of this story, a history professor who asked ChatGPT to write it an essay, a tertiary level essay on a history topic. Took that text and submitted it to his students, and for an assignment, asked them to go through ChatGPT's essay and write up all the inaccuracies and all the wow. wrong statements that it had made in the AI, which I think is a fascinating and clever awesome. kind of um, twist on on that narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's it's cool that the, I mean, the your your first thought is that like those institutions are going to struggle, but like if they're good, if they're good professors, then you I mean this is what that journalist was telling me. When I was like, are you worried about your job? Because journalism is probably one of those first professions that you think might go. And he was like, no, the, the, what you need to, this is going to be the future, but the people that are going to keep their jobs are the people that are going to learn to utilize this tool. And it's that, and it's just that it's a tool. Um, so you need to learn how to use it. And that's kind of why I got onto like, you know, trying it out. Um, but the other thing was, um, sorry, I've written this down, so I just I want to remember it. Uh, the other thing was that, um, so in using ChatGPT for work and kind of rework, para, paraphrasing what it had given me in terms of information, I wanted to check whether or not you know we could this could actually be detected, and there is already free software on the internet where you can put in your you can put in your text and it will tell you how AI Plagiarism. generated it is. Oh, it's, it's, a, it, and it will say, you know, the first time I did it, I just copied and pasted everything that ChatGBT gave me and it said it was 91% AI generated. So, wow. You know, so I'm using that as a, as a, you know, kind of a, a measuring Barometer. stick and a kind of, you know, to bring me, to bring me back in. But so. have you compared it to your own writing? Like, naturally like just a plain article you wrote yourself no i haven't and to be honest what i found was that it doesn't actually take that much rewording to get it to uh you know a, a 99 percent human level wow which is just which is just it's just honestly fascinating because we're getting i don't want to jump the gun here but we're, we're already getting into the world of deep fakes and you know you've probably seen those deep fakes of joe biden or mm. you know uh, vladimir putin and stuff and i i just think that like i mean this is technology is and always has since the internet as far as i can tell moved faster than society can keep up and that is going to cause so many fucking problems like you 
if you have a if you have a a fucking a, a fake a, a faked video when the technology gets as good as it can or if, if it gets twice yeah. as good as indistinguishable it is now, from lifelike yeah you could potentially have fucking warfare on your hands like yeah. if it's and then what are we going to do like and then when we're deep faking images uh are we going to need to have everything verified is it ne- mm-hmm. is it going to be like getty images needs to verify every image or it needs to go through it like a certain specific channel in order for it to be legitimized like there are so many offshoots of this that feels like this could really run away from us as a, as a civilization. Well, it's fascinating that you bring up Getty Images because they are one of the most prominent... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I was going to say antagonists, but like opponents, I suppose, of of this movement because one of the huge issues that a lot of um, the concern about AI revolves around is the use of creatives and authors work without permission so the way that ai works is by ingesting a whole bunch of of source material and data whether that's text from like crawling the internet or images um, and it ingests that analyzes it from like a neural network kind of like thing and learns from it and then starts to recreate based on what it learns. One of the uh, image generation um, softwares, the Midjourney, I think, in particular, is being sued by Getty Images because when you ask them to generate an, uh, you know, maybe like a red carpet pick or something like that, the AI software would do so and superimpose the Getty Image, the prominent Getty Image watermark over these pictures wow which only happens if the imagery that it's ingested is the copyright of getty images and so getty images is suing them saying that they have improperly scraped things that didn't belong them and stolen that that visual imagery and it's it's unresolved yet in the course but that use of other people's property same thing of, of of artists like there are some um prominent digital artists who do a particular style of um you know drawing and you can type them into an image generation thing and say you know show me two kittens on a surfboard in the style of salvador dali or you know leonardo da vinci or you know prominent still alive artist and it will generate images that look like that which means that it is absorbed and analyzed the traits of copyrighted material and that is a a truly tricky area of of art and the collision of art and science and technology and law going forth that 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 is still unresolved do you have any i mean you're a journalist right you studied you did a journalism degree legitimately you did a journalism degree and yeah. you are leaning on GPT here, ChatGPT, to to assist you in your work. Do you have any concerns about the morality of these machines going through and and vacuuming up human work to then replicate it for others for free? I, I've always leaned on the side of you know you have to learn how to adapt to your environment. I don't think there's any 
point in complaining that oh AI has taken my job or it's like the Uber taxi thing like adapt or die and I it sounds weird coming out of my mouth I don't I don't, I don't mean to be that that kind of bold but like I I I that like philosophically I feel like you know you need to learn you need to learn how to adapt to whatever environment you put in yeah maybe it sucks and yeah maybe we'll long for the for the old days where everything was written by humans but i just don't think that that is the world that we are going to be living in in 10 20 years so i feel like it's 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 a case of you, you need to you need to learn how to use this you've i mean you have created music you've been in a band you've been a composer you've written work would you be happy with a computer coming in and taking that work and and replicating it without paying you without acknowledgement without your permission i i mean that i was i was thinking when you were you were talking about the art thing that like yeah man what a sad what a sad well because that's where it's going I mean, you like we're doing that with already with, as you said, the Salvador, you know, in the style of Salvador Dali paint, two kittens on a surfboard. The next iteration of that is going to be write a melancholic piece about the summertime in the style of Beethoven, you know? So we're going to get to that eventually. That will happen. It'll yeah. generate sound. And then from there, I guess we are basically just living in a in a world where everything is computer generated write me I a wonder... beyonce track about doritos spicy mexican flavor i'd listen to that <laughs> but like that but that, that that is that is where this is going yeah that to me that is exactly where this is going and there's nothing we can do about it but is I there just nothing we if... can do about it because i feel like there are things we could do about it because if you I, if I've... you cut this off now at the pass and you say if a uh, you know a neural network, an AI, has been trained on data that is private or copyrighted, that the owner of that AI, the owner of that um, algorithm, is liable to pay the relative dues of of that artist's proprietary work, which they have not consented to give up. You know, then that can slow and indeed possibly prevent some of the ways in which that takes place when some of the ways in which that technology rolls out without destroying the sector that it's feeding on and and if you'll allow me one further um, analogy the streaming so music model technologically has been incredible for consumers the idea of paying a single subscription and getting unlimited access to the entire library of music that exists on the planet and has ever existed is unbelievable. But in terms of supporting artists in coming up in the world is devastating because there is no more money to be made in music unless you're at the top. And I don't know that your 0.0008 cents for every stream in Spotify is going to help anyone. And we are yet to see the long-term repercussions of that. But I would argue it as an example of where the technology got ahead of the law and of the arts and the consequences are yet to be felt. But just because it could happen doesn't mean that it should have happened. No, but I think it does mean that it will happen because it's it's too big. 
it's too big for any one individual and that's what that's kind of who it affects i mean it, it affects people well at, who are participating in this or consuming it it's it's one person on their laptop or on their phone right this is it's it's all well and good to think oh maybe we could we could slow this down but it's like it's kind of like piracy it's kind of like if you i just watched the Pornhub documentary that netflix put out if you put up if you upload a video of someone who doesn't consent to it that video is just copied and copied and copied and copied, 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 copied until it's like how can i ever take this down yeah uh i just i just feel like i just feel like it's that it's 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 a tidal wave and i don't think that we into i don't think I think people will always take the easiest, the path of least resistance. And the path of least resistance in this case is whatever's cheaper and whatever's easy to access. And I, I feel like chat, uh, not chat GPT, but this type of AI technology will make those things cheaper and more accessible and you can't stop it. And it's but a very it cynical take, but like I just feel like that's where we're at. It is, it is possibly a realistic take, but just because we know that, doesn't that mean that we should try and prevent it for the safety of, of, or the protection of, of the artists that we value, the, the, yeah, the absolutely, future? Absolutely. We should definitely, we so should is definitely it not try incumbent upon our, you know, leaders and our legal systems and everything to protect this while it's still in its infancy? Yeah. And I guess, I guess, um, I guess it's not, even if it eventually happens, it's not wasted time because at least, you know, those artists get a little bit of extra time with their creative output, you know, owning their creative output as they should, mm. um, even if it's futile in the long run. Mm. So one of the, there's a, a few other sort of uh, tangents here that we can take. One of them, I don't know if you saw this, um, but... Samsung was using AI on its phones to fake photos of the moon. Did you see anything about this? No. So they, uh, a Redditor um, suspected that something was up with this, but you could take a really blurry photo of the, of the moon, you know, with a, a, a camera phone, which for all of the improvements in that camera technology and the zooms and all that kind of stuff is still you know, hugely uh, <laughs> insufficient to get a close and, and high resolution photo of the moon from the Earth's surface. And right. people were taking photos of the night sky and seeing these incredible pictures of the moon and being like, oh my gosh, how did, how is this possible? Well, it turns out that what they were doing was recognizing the moon in the sky in a low pixelated version. And then it would overlay a high resolution moon in the place where it was taken and pass it off as it was a, as if it was a real photo, um, which is a quite intelligent from like a technology perspective um, implementation of AI for like image recognition and substitution, but also an entirely misleading uh, representation of what you actually pressed, you know, the shutter on and, and took a photo of. Um, yeah. And to be honest, we're in a stage of computational photography now where everything that we take with our camera is going through so many processes and, and uh, you know, neural networks and lightning and HDR and 
and and all these other um, software algorithms to make the photos better. But pretty soon we're going to be in a place where everything we take a photo of is not at all representative of what the actual light hitting the actual pixels, you know, represented. Um, it, it, as you talked about with the um, deep fakes and everything, do you have a concern that we're going to be living in an even further um, augmented, unrealistic version of reality now that everything we see is not even going to be true to life? Yeah, 100%. And I think about UFOs when I, when I, you know, this is what I'm primarily concerned with is that now we're at, you know, there's, there's unclassified papers coming out from the Pentagon, these videos and stuff. Now we're at a point where we can finally film these UFOs because they do <laughs> exist. And we're, but with that, we're also at a point where we can fake it. And it came so soon after. So as the technology got good enough for us to film it, the technology also got good enough to fake it. So <laughs> yeah. we're never going to know. We're gonna, <laughs> I follow a bunch of Instagram pages trying to track UFOs. Of course you do. Subreddits, videos, every video. I'm hoping that this is the one that's going to that's gonna be the, the, the nail in the coffin. And yet it just, how can you tell if it's fake or not? Yeah. So that's what I'm primarily. That's your number one about. AI fear. Yeah, not knowing 100%. if aliens are real. Well, not knowing, not being able to know if aliens are real or anything. <laughs> but primarily, or other aliens. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or other stuff. Um, the other interesting one that, that that's, uh, my dad actually sent through to me was a. Um, a question about ownership. So we've talked about the copyright infringement angle here and, and how these networks are harvesting up data and, and that sort of thing. What we haven't talked about uh, uh, yet is the, the positive creativity of these AI units. Um, units is not the word. <laughs> AI um, algorithms. But um, there is an article here in The Economist talking about the collision of AI um, inventions with the legal system and the patent system. So uh, in summary, in 2019, Britain's Intellectual Property Office denied Stephen Thaler, an American computer scientist, patents for two inventions, a beverage container and a search and rescue device. The applications were not denied because the inventions lacked novelty, but because the named inventor was not a human being. AI is often used as a tool to help researchers find new inventions. Applicants normally put the name of the person or people who worked most closely with the machine as the inventor. Until that, now, this has not been a problem because AI has always required human assistance. But Dr. Thaler asserts that his creative machine had come up with the two inventions without any intervention from himself, and it would be dishonest to claim that he was the inventor. So he is applying for a patent on behalf of the AI. And he's making the same argument in other jurisdictions. This case has then reached Britain's highest court. So it's actually going through the legal system at the moment. The immediate stakes may not seem that high. Um, most of the respondents in the, the patent um, field, the scientific research field, have said that AI is not sufficiently advanced to invent without human involvement. And a ruling in the favour in Britain would sort of have limited repercussions or commercial repercussions. Um, 
But the technology is moving fast and the questions raised by the case are really kind of fascinating. There's ambiguity in British law over who or what can claim credit for an an invention. Um, And of course, the Patents Act is written 50 years ago before (laughs) anyone could imagine robots doing anything. Um, But if the Supreme Court interprets this law to include machines, that could toss over the, the tea table of the entire sort of societal bargain of invention and granting patents and and being able to then capitalize on an invention we're in a fascinating place here do you think that an ai deserves credit for an invention for ownership of the things that it makes well the humans still created the ai so but i feel like the the inventor working in the lab that applied the AI to a question probably is not the person who invented the AI, right? We're at, we're at a place now where Google and Microsoft and these big corporations are rolling out these tools to the layman who has no technical knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, you know, we're, if we're starting to attribute um, kind of, what is the word? Um success to the ai as an individual i think that is like a, a slippery slope that we'll never come back from i just i rewatched her for like the 50th time last night and it's very interesting to watch that film now with in in light of a in a chat gbt world yeah because not only did that movie just get so many things right i mean they they that's a um that they they predicted that you know we'd all be staring at us this movie was made in 2013 it predicted oh my god is that that, 10 years old yeah that everyone would be on their phones everyone would have like a a bluetooth you know or not bluetooth yeah yeah. earpiece and um you know you wouldn't be able to tell if people are, are talking to themselves or talking to someone else and falling in love with 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 an and with an ai and it just feels so much more real now watching that with with ChatGPT because it it you just you can only imagine that it's just going to it's going to get there sooner than we thought yeah. and I feel like if like with the the case that you just said if we are attributing um I don't know what the I don't this word is escaping me right now it's probably the Jack Daniels but if we're like a, a treating AI as an individual even in in the case of like oh thank you know um a legal case where they have created something i just feel like that's that's like where we're never going to turn back yeah i mean because- that that's that's a slope you know slippery slope arguments are famously invalid but it does feel like at a certain point when you start to grant personhood to a to an algorithm before it really has any verifiable consciousness does feel like a point of no return, right? Right. Where if you're doing that before it's alive, before it's aware, and you're starting to give it rights, that, that, that you're entering this very tricky moral and legal quagmire as to what, what the natural then implications of that are. Like, do they, do they have rights like a human has rights? I mean, there is an argument to be made that we are just AI. You know, if 
you know, if if Elon's right and simulation theory is correct, we have been created by an artificial intelligence and we are artificial intelligence, but we're just at the really good end. You know what I mean, Nick? You following me? Yeah, I was just I lost stuck you when I said Elon. Oh, yeah, I? I was stuck on the idea that Elon could be right about something. But continue, yeah. No, Elon's right about heaps of shit. Um, <laughs> he's a great man. Um, he's but, not going to send you a Tesla. Well, you've left a very long silence. <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking about I was he's... thinking about a Tesla. Um, <laughs> But I mean, like it does this, this is a bit naff, I think, but like it does make you think what, what is, what is, what is human? What is human? (laughs) Am I, if I am just a collection, I mean, I've got a brain, I've got Uh a, I've got a, what's that word, Nick? When you've got a central operating system, found Uh it, don't need you. Thank you. Okay. Um, I've got a central operating system, which is you know, highly, highly evolved, highly Uh functional, um, upgraded. I mean, it is the case that humans learn by absorbing information and examples of things in the world around them, processing through that, drawing commonalities, and then being able to repeat it. Like the, 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 the top, you know, the, the, the headline of, of how those processes work is eerily similar. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, we can, we don't like to do it, I mean, this is this is like famous, uh, famously a a kind of a a, a, a religious argument. It, they'll they'll you know if you speak to a religious person, they'll be like, "What what is what is love? How do you explain love?" And then you could, if you took the bait, you could say, "Well, it's a it's a series of synapses, and uh, it's it's evolved as an uh, evolutionary mechanism to get." to people to gather to raise a child and you, you could explain all that and it takes all the fun out of it and that'll never be science uh, never, ne- never be satisfying to a to a religious person but you can actually break all of our functionality down to that point scientifically you yeah. can and what we're doing now with ai is just building it up from you know zero yeah to to and that's where it's going so you could make the argument that we are a sen- there is no difference between us as a computer you know you, it's hard to imagine a computer you know feeling love but maybe it's not maybe it's not that difficult maybe in in 20 30 40 years it won't be that difficult what I mean, is it's love? a bit of a truism that people overestimate the pace of technology in a year and underestimate the pace of technology in a decade. And yeah. if you look back 10 years ago, it's remarkable how far we've come. And 20 years ago, I, I was back in Adelaide um, at my parents' house cleaning out some old stuff in the cupboards for them. And I was throwing away floppy disks mm. with backup data from 2003. Like that's literally only 20 years ago. But to me, like floppy disks seem like you know, the 1800s, like so long ago, but it was in my, like in my high school years, my parents were still backing things up to floppy disk. Like it's not that long ago. So people always think that in the next 12 months, stuff is going to be exponentially 
further along, but they always miss how far it actually goes in a decade. So I think you're 100% right that if we look back 40 years at the 80s and say to someone from that era, hey, I've got a supercomputer in my pocket that can do anything I want at the you know sound of my voice, a natural language speaking supercomputer, it would be fucking unbelievable. And yet we struggle to go, okay, we'll now add another 40 years to that and go to the 2060s. I think you're right that by then there's every chance that the at least external perception of these computers is going to be that they are indistinguishable from human. Even if on a scientific level we can understand they're not conscious or not alive, I think that externally they're going to present like fucking human beings. Well, the other thing is it's exponential. So, you know, we, we've since since the invention of the internet, since we went online, all of this progress, the smartphone, ChatGPT, this has come because of the internet, right? And well, ChatGPT is more about the improvement, like the Moore's Law kind of thing, the improvements in silicon technology than the internet specifically. But you're right that harvesting okay. data probably has an internet component to it. So, yeah. yeah. And I just feel like that 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 we are we are. Well, I've said it. I've said it before, and I will say it again, Nick. We have lived. We are living through one of the craziest times in human history. We lived through the time. We we were born. You and I were born in 1989, when the internet wasn't a thing. We as as we got into our teenagehood, we started to learn and become familiar with the internet and that became a part of our lives now it's integrated into our lives they will look back in class they will they will teach they'll teach about this time in classrooms in a thousand years yeah. i well, mark a thousand my years? words well i was going to agree for, until you said a thousand years a thousand years a thousand years this is the mo- this is the biggest this is the most this is the most uh the digitization Fuck. and the internet, uh, internet kind of era truly is, I think you're right, a historic moment. It's the biggest leap that we've ever made as humans. It's like it's even more than the invention of fire. We would have discovered fire. I'm just going to say it. I'm not giving the caveman that found ca- fire. And it is. An absolute like fucking dipshit. Like I, could, I, I could have, I might have stumbled into working out how to make a fire fire was already around they were like fire was there lightning was happening they were just like look that's a thing uh i'm gonna try and do it again no one until computers had thought you know i want to get onto chatterbait and get my dick out in front of strangers that that is a modern invention and we deserve more credit than the cavemen before us could not said it better myself. I got a couple of I got a couple of questions. I'm going to throw at you on the back of this. Oh, I like bit, this. You, are, you came prepared, dude. I've been thinking about this a lot. So, so what do you, what do you reckon the last profession that AI could take? What is so if we if we assume that AI eventually taking to its its extreme is going to take basically every every job? What is the last Who's who's going to last the longest as a as a human professional? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna perhaps interpret this slightly differently and say medicine 
because I feel like despite technological capability mm-hmm. in which it would be absolutely capable of diagnosing, treating, interacting with patients, I wonder if the necessity of a human face and a human oversight is going to trump the technological prowess for quite a while, where even if the computer could know it or could do it or could diagnose it, whether there is something innate in a moment of stress, in a moment of pain, in a moment of vulnerability, where having a human there to deal with is actually of significant value, even if augmented by or or supported by an AI. Interesting. But don't you think that I don't AI think could... that implicitly it's beyond the capacity of an AI. Sure. It's the trust element. It's it's the otherness that people That's going to be the thing. I mean, if we take as a given the idea that AI is going to have ultimately the capacity to do anything, then I think you're looking at psychological or social reasons why mm. it may not be implemented. So maybe yeah. it's not medicine, but I think the undercurrent there, the idea of there will still be innate moments in which humanity is more important is probably the answer to the question. And whether that's medicine or whether that's still art, whether there's there's still going to be inherent value in a, in a painting by a human, it, it, you know, compared to a, a, an AI-generated thing, because you know, high-end snobbery exists and, and it's nice to say that you had the expensive wine from the very small vineyard in France and to have the very expensive painting from the actual master. Maybe mm. that, that still has cachet, but I yeah. think you're right. I think I think the artists artists will be the safest, even if we are able to replicate it. I think artists there will be a there'll be a need for human generated art see i i don't want to generalize here i think the top tier of artists the top tier of musicians are going to survive i am still very afraid for the emerging and the lower and the you know work workmen if you like artists whose jobs the majority whose jobs may well easily like if if you can ask an ai to generate an image instead of asking sean to draw a deep logo for us which like, we should have done by the which way which would have been so saved much us a couple of bucks yeah. hell. um like for many businesses for many disinterested or uncaring or you know budget focused people that is not a choice anymore and that will ruin that industry yep what about like comedians do you reckon do you reckon ai can tell a joke yeah yeah you reckon reckon people will laugh but this is the thing about art so much about art is the story if you hear about if you think about a song that you love you want to you want to imagine the story behind it the the process of the artist creating that song same with a a visual art a painting same with comedy i think you know i worry that that's romantic i worry that that's not actually fair wow yeah, I mean, uh, th- there is there is a meta. Uh, one of the other weaknesses of AI currently is it is very discipline specific. So a image generation um, algorithm cannot go and write your recipe for a sticky date pudding. You know, they are all siloed off in their own knowledge bases, and something like comedy or indeed possibly visual art, which requires a sort of metatextual 
synthesis of culture, of everything, of life, of going out in the world and who you bump into and what your job is and where you are and all that kind of stuff, that kind of complex absorption of the world around you is probably beyond the limits of most AI at the moment and for a little while. Mm. So comedy, which relies on that kind of thing, is is probably safe for a while yet. For a while, yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a little scary. Mm. I got I got one more question for Please. you. Do we, have, do we have time? Yeah, yeah, we got tons of time. Um, so if and when this does happen, when AI does take all of the jobs and they're all automated, uh-huh. people have always overestimated how fast technology will move. But if it's an exponential curve, we could be about to explode at any point with one invention. How do people find purpose? Do we need purpose? Where does that, where does that go? Well, you know, this is an area we've, we've talked about tangentially in the past, or possibly even directly. Um, but the, uh, there's a few implications there that you'd need to establish in order to get an answer. If you're talking about AI and robots replacing careers, we then need to talk about whether employment and financing and and basically at the heart of it survival is guaranteed by society whether there is a a basic income a, a support network a safety net that feeds you houses you clothes you or whether you still need money and the only way to get money is from doing jobs and whether it then becomes a a bitter shit fight to try and get one of the you know, 1% of jobs that remain after the 99% decimation of, of the workforce by AI. Mm. And that that's a very different question. So it, it, well, then the, the obvious, um, the obvious assumption there would be that we'd in, include, we'd incorporate some sort of universal basic income, which yeah. destroys capitalism, which destroys production, I guess. Well, and AI can destroy production as well. If if you can set a computer to go and make all the things for you, then which it already is so automated these days anyway. But you know, if you can continue to decrease the amount of human involvement in the entire basic function of existence, then yeah, then you're at the question, which is what is the meaning of life and what do you do with it? Um, and look, that's that's probably far too big a question for an idiot like me to to have a a pithy answer to. But it. You'd have to hope that humans, as we know them today, continue to exist as humans then, and thus that the things that matter to us now are the things that matter to them then, which is probably the people around you, the things you do having meaning, and I guess finding companionship for your brief moment of existence, right? So whether that means that for societal function, we continue to have this farce of work where you go and you do your, you know, five hours a day, four days a week of of work, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes there, where you sit in the office and you, you do your little bit and it's all kind of meaningless because the computer does it anyway, but it gives you a structure and gives you a meaning. Um, or whether it's a life of um, 
relative, you know, at least compared to today, luxury of not having to even worry with anything other than the immediate pleasures you want for yourself. But um, I suppose that seems a little bit more fraught in terms of life satisfaction if, if you never have to worry about anything or never have to try for anything or, or mm. fight for something, then then I feel like you might be living a little bit more of a a hollow life. Hedonistic. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it, that, that, that will be a serious problem for humans to face because, you know, we've, we're basically fighting millions of years of evolution, which is basically wired our brains the way they are which is basically essentially about survival, obtaining resources, yeah, finding a mate. You know, that I, I know that's not the purpose of life, but I think that's what drives a lot of people. And I think that when that's taken away, ideally, you know, you'd be like, well, you introduce UBI and you can, you know, really focus that energy on finding, you know, your passion or, or you know, taking up a craft or, you know, doing yeah. music or something like, but I just but don't can you think picture that in the happen. context of like, you've got 80 years and you never have to do anything else, anything from any point, finding the yeah. passion and then doing that as your only motivating or time filling kind of activity. Like yeah. that's, I don't, I can't perceive that being satisfying. No, I, I can't either. I mean, you look at, you look at an insect as I often do and just, just watch what they're doing and you know you look at a spider sorry to trigger you but you watch a spider and it's you know it's it's going out and it's you know it's trying to find food and you know to a human we're just like oh it's a spider just being there being scary sitting in my towel while i'm at the gym but it's it's doing stuff it's like it's it's trying to find you know a mate and or it's trying to find food for its spider egg babies you know, it's it's doing these things and we think that we are so different, but we just have more stuff in the way. Yeah, we have higher consciousness, but we are we are literally the same as animals. And I wonder if that's what if, if AI takes everything out of it and reduces it might reduce us back to our essence, uh, which is survival, which is like who who are we if we are? If we are not going out and attaining our own resources or doing anything to to keep our life held up, you know who who the fuck are we? Isn't that slightly different to what you said though? That's removing survival, right? If you remove survival from the equation and take out what has been the fundamental motivating drive of all of humanity, then yeah, you end up in a very interesting place. Yeah, I think I, I think I just got like tangled up in my own thought process there <laughs> yeah you're still thinking about spiders yeah i have to rub my head like this yeah it seems like it's working though it's not um are we done with ai uh, yeah i yeah, think, think milk that tip yeah nice that's a good that's a good chat we had a good uh, that's a good substantial 40 minutes probably 45 minutes on that yeah, I'm um, gonna, I'm, it's gonna be a bitch to edit i'm really dreading it <laughs> yeah i'm sure you are Alrighty. Well, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, episode 200, then I have some great news for you. 
it's sort of in the name. There's 199 other episodes. So please go back and check out the previous ones. I, I would recommend episode 100, one of our best, I'd say. A big story there from, from MZ. Um, and, oh, yeah. And gosh, that's a while ago now. Any, any updates on that? Maybe we, maybe we can get a, any updates no, on that. The last update I got was from you. She had messaged you, I think. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Okay. Um, if you want to hear about Michael Stalker, that's episode 100. Good good episode. Big one. Um, go have a listen. <laughs> um, and if you want to follow us in other ways, well, we're on Facebook. You can follow us there. You can like us there. Uh, we're on Instagram, you know, video clips and other such nonsense. Uh, you can find our songs and our episodes on Spotify and SoundCloud and Send us an email to deepfort at gmail.com uh, and you might be featured in our mailbag, which is coming up imminently. Um, but first, I, I, sorry, I am absolutely Busting. just sweating. I just, just give me. Uh oh. Oh my God. Whoa. Whoa. Holy shit. Let me take a screenshot of that. Wait, can you get it up? <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Oh, look at that. So sorry, I just wow. I was sweating and I just felt like I needed to to take some. Yeah. Of that. Um okay, so this is a bit of a dig at me, obviously. Um Nick's wearing a white singlet. Uh mentioned in the last episode where he effectively made me change because he thought that I was playing a character. Um and he's <laughs> he's He's done his own merch, um, graffitied Deep Fort 200 on it, which I think is fucking phenomenal. And you look think, great. Uh, I was just jealous that you'd thought of it first, to be honest. I was lashing out. I listened back and I thought that's that was unfair. When you have a good idea like that, it should be supported. That's my duty as podcast co-host, and I apologize. So, yeah, happy 200th, everybody. That's phenomenal. How did you do that? Um, I bought a white singlet and then I wrote in marker pen, Deep Fort 200. Um, it took me 15 minutes. It looks pretty pretty well done in ter- if it's marker pen. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's just that's just Sharpie. I will tell you that I spent $40 on it because I went, I looked for a cheap white singlet and then I went to the shops and they said, we only sell them in three packs. And so I, <laughs> I had to buy far, far more white singlets than I've ever owned in my life. So it was worth it for the joke. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Well, you look great. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I think it uh, suits me. I really regret burning my my, my the single one that I bought. Uh, <laughs> I've got, after that I've episode. got spares. I'll mail, I'll mail you. Can you send some over? Yeah. Um. Yeah, we should sell that limited edition. Yeah. And um, I merch, won't even wash and just it. Don't wash it. Just pit <laughs> stains and everything. Yeah. I. I'm. You know. I, wow. I'm, I'm a hygienic person. It'll be all good. No, it's it's really brilliant, and you you know what your shoulders are popping, dude. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, you. Your shoulders you. are popping. Uh, yeah, I, that's what this entire gym process has been. I go to the gym. I don't know if I mentioned it, but yeah, I do go to the gym. Uh, but it's all been for this, so that I could wear a white singlet and still love myself <laughs> as a human. Uh, that does track, you know. It does just... track. We, you know, thousands as... of hours of effort for no reward <laughs> is our basically our motto. Hey, hey. <laughs> Six listeners of this audio podcast are going to appreciate the fact that I wore a white signet. So I, I would, I would be careful not to write this up. No, I'm not. Um, okay. How about a mailbag episode two hundred? Hit me, fatty. 
Mailbag, mailbag, it's the weekly mailbag. Deep thoughts, mailbag. Alrighty, this seems like a uh, a nice little capper for our topic du jour. It is an email from our friend Sean Lewis entitled AI and Art. Sean writes, Nikki boy asked me to propose a question to think about during DF200, seeing as you're going to talk about AI stuff. Also, I'm glad you like the new cover art, presumptive. I drew for you. I enjoyed doing it, brackets, and getting paid for it. Okay, the truth comes out. Uh, I don't know what to say. I find the AI art debate demoralizing and frustrating all at the same time. I've spent hundreds, comma, thousands of hours of my life honing my craft and have many hundreds and thousands more to go to hone it further. This is all part of the mixed joy and suffering of creating something. Then you have tech bro AI dickwads telling artists that they're elitists for being able to draw and for saying that AI art is theft. If you want to draw, you can pick up a pen. The problem I have with AI in art is that we should be developing AI to make our lives easier and to make processes faster so that we have more time to relax, to enjoy each other's company and to make things together. Cadmium is an AI tool that uses machine learning to color your hand-drawn animated frames. Hell yeah, that shit is time consuming. Please help me speed up my process. But if we go too far down the mid-journey or stable diffusion, entire finished pieces of art whole, trained illegally and unethically upon hundreds of thousands of living, working, have to put food on the table by making art artists, we will end up with more laid off artists and people looking for jobs because it's far cheaper for some fucking suit to write prompts into a search engine. None of this is really a question. Art is part of what makes us human, yeah? Why have we built a world where we just consistently annihilate every important part of us? P.S. If you use AI for the cover art for DF300, I swear to Christ, I'll kill you both. <laughs> we did say that. <laughs> Good instincts. I, um, I well, don't feel like... What a whiny like... bitch. <laughs> like... I feel like there's actually not a great deal more to add given the context of everything we've talked about, uh, but it does sound like a very nice um, and reasonable capper to the conversation we've already had. So thank you for writing in, Sean. Um, and and thanks we, for the... we will consider the direction we take our art in the future. <laughs> uh, love you, Sean. I have never met you, but I do. I do appreciate you um it's a human he's a human okay well f as we wrap up our, our 200th episode um with quite a lengthy if if um, our current record time is any indication uh episode i think probably there's a few people out there who are starting to feel a little bit just just a little bit yawny, just a little <sighs> bit like oh god wrap it no, up don't make me yawn Nick. Yeah, gonna make people me yawn. who've been <laughs> Staying up late trying to finish this episode off and, and just need a little something to, to ease the, uh, the sweet descent into to the night's slumber. And uh, that's why we have a segment called Blanket Fort.
So if you, uh, you didn't hear our previous episode, we, we get in nice and close to our microphones here because this is a, a little bit of a more intimate and into the podcast. And we did have some feedback that perhaps a more obvious name for the segment is Sleep Fort. Um, and to that we say, well, stay in your lane. Um, but Blanket Fort will continue as it has obviously hit a nerve with people and, and getting feedback is always good. So, okay. um, But thank you, Maggie, for the suggestion. Thank you, Maggie, for the suggestion. Um, we've put it to the board. The board said, what are you talking about? Um, the board being Nick. I considered it and I said no. Um, but thank you so much. We appreciate you and uh, happy 200 for you as well. Um, Blanket Fort is just a nice little end in which you can just lay back in bed and leave those earplugs in and and just sort of drift off as you... Earplugs. Earpods, you know, earbuds. Airpods. They put in earplugs. They heard that chat GPT chat. Yeah. So um, just set, settle back and let us whisk you away to a, a calming dreamscape as you... I'm genuinely getting sleepy. Slip into slumber. Um, we'll just take it in turns and uh, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you. Happy 200, everyone. And uh, let's all take a nice deep breath together. What do you say? In through the nose... And out through the mouth. You are walking through a forest. Bark crunching beneath your feet. And up ahead, something peculiar, a penguin, as you draw closer to the squat aquatic bird, you recognize a look in its eyes, confusion. In your mind, brain, you say, What is a confused penguin doing in a forest such as this? Is it afraid? Is it lost? You look up around you at the treetops, whistling in the gentle breeze. There are no penguins up there. You turn back and it seems to mouth something to you. Can it talk? You get down on your knees, feeling the damp loam beneath your Levi's 
gene. There's a gentle sense of squelch as you settle your weight in front of the bird. And as you look at deep in its eyes, it says, Warning. You take a minute to absorb what you've just heard. A penguin talking words in English in a forest. Nothing makes sense. Are you on mushrooms? Then you realize you are on mushrooms and you have been this whole time. You remember where you were. Daryl from accounting said that the Christmas party was not that cool man and took you into the disabled toilets. He pulled a Ziploc baggie out of his taupe velveteen jacket and offered you some drugs. Where is Daryl? Was there even a Daryl? Is the penguin Daryl? The penguin looks you in the eye and says, yeah, man, we were just outside in the lobby and I said come into the disabled toilets. And it's a bit like, whoa, am I right? You feel that Daryl's energy is a little bit off considering you are clearly tripping balls on mushrooms. It's a little abrasive. So you turn around and you run. You run through the forest, bumping into branches, hyperventilating as you run barefoot through the forest, through the dark with only the moonlight to guide you. Foot, 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 foot. And then you trip. You're bleeding. But someone whispers something to you. Watch out for the quicksand. And as you look around, you realize you are slowly sinking into a deep mire. And to your side, Daryl, the penguin, is of no use at all. Your limbs sink in to the boggy marsh, and there is nothing you can do. You try to scream, 
but then your mouth slowly fills with sand and as you try to take a breath it's just more sand baby more sand baby Oh, Sam.